Hello everyone and welcome to From the Heart, a podcast brought to you by Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. My name's Josie Cooks and as we adjust to social distancing and working and learning remotely due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we're going to be sharing stories with you about our experiences as a way of staying connected and being in community with each other. This week is Lindy Nelson, Principal of St Mary's Star of the Sea, Milton, the most southern school in the Wollongong Diocese. Milton, like many other areas on the south coast, has faced a challenging start to 2020. Before we all felt the global impact of COVID-19, the small coastal community was recovering from the devastating bushfires, which saw the community band together to save the school and church in January. We'll be chatting today to discuss what impact 2020 has had on the school community and how they are moving forward. Welcome to the program, Lindy. Hi, Josie. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. How is everyone in beautiful Milton holding up? Oh, look, you know, we are travelling really well. Um, we are part of an, an amazing community and we have been literally through fire this, this year and last year. But look, the spirits of people here are great. Um, we, our environment's looking beautiful. It's so green down here. And, and anyone who's been lucky enough to come down to our beautiful school will know uh, we're surrounded by rolling green hills. We've got um, cows on the hill. We've got tractors and farm, farms all around us, cows. And um, it's just a glorious place to be. And uh, if we didn't know more, we would think nothing was wrong with our world at the moment. It's paradise out down here. Sounds like a beautiful place to be. I'm very lucky, very lucky. <laughs> so 2020 has been a challenging year for many people, particularly for those down on the South Coast. Before we dive too deeply into the interview, I'd like to chat with you about what 2020 has looked like so far for St Mary's community starting with the recent bushfires. Can you tell us how the school and the church were saved and what it was like to live through that? Because it must have been a frightening experience. Well, look, I think um, sometimes uh, people forget that this actually started for us in October last year because we'd been living with fires around us. Um, from that period on, uh, we had a family lose their home at Brumen, which is um, a little place between Batemans Bay and Ulladulla. Uh, and from then on in, we were we were living with the fires around us. Um, it and it and it just everyone was in a state of anxiety. Um, it was such a strange environment to be living in. Um, as you know, the south coast is is made up of lots of little um, coastal villages, um, and our children come from uh, way down south and um, up towards Sussex Inlet. And a lot of those communities increasingly were cut off. Uh, so before the end of the school year, we'd actually closed our school twice because of um, the risk of the roads closing and our children being stranded. Uh, so by the end of uh, 2019, um, our assistant principal, Julie, had been cut off down in Batemans Bay for quite some time. Um, we had a lot of our children who were stranded. Uh, I guess one of the things that I really remember 
uh, was our year six graduation night. Uh, we had mass up on the hill, but so many of our parents were missing because they were at home protecting their houses. Wow. And um, there, was, there was just a real sadness. Um, and we all tried to make it wonderful for the kids, but uh, there was just an orange glow. It was so ominous. It was like, you know, some great big threatening monster coming over the whole town. Everyone was on edge, um, but the community came together. Uh, it was a lovely night that night. We went down to the Mollymook Golf Club and the sea was orange and we felt like we were in a battle zone. Uh, and at the end of the year, the last day of school, we had a pupil-free day and the roads, uh, the fires had got to Wondandian by that stage. So uh, we, we, we just called it a day and everyone left. We had no idea what was coming over the, over the holiday period. Uh, we just thought, you know, I guess we were in such a period of uncertainty. Um, the staff had pulled together. We'd had Catholic care down to support us. Um, I was just concerned that the staff were carrying the load of the families. We had uh, a lot of uh, parents coming in and, and they were just describing what they'd seen in walls of fire, you know. Um, a lot of our dads crying and just saying, I've never seen anything like it. It was so terrifying. And to watch that trauma go through to our children who were really hypervigilant. And because we're on the hill, we could see the smoke um, coming towards us. And uh, we were continually checking the fires near us app. And then um, great brainwave, we realised that, the, that us checking our phones in front of the kids to check where the fires were was actually heightening their anxiety. Cool. Then we banned phones near the kids. Um, and... Look, we just, we just work together. The staff are astounding. Um, tragedy brings people together and uh, this, the, the staff down here and our parent community just pulled together. I, I felt so blessed to be part of it. Then the year started. <laughs> the year started. Um, Simon Kinch, our REC, Simon's um, an amazing person. Um, Simon was holding the fort here literally for us. I was, I live in Nowra, so I was isolated in Nowra. Julie, our AP, was isolated in Batemans Bay, but Simon, our REC, was really um, holding the fort here. Um, like everyone, we were listening to ABC radio uh, continually over that period. Uh, it came to uh, New Year's Eve and Simon and I were in constant contact and Simon was saying, what can we do? And I said, well, look, if our parents, if our families get stranded, open our back oval um, so at least they can bring, they can camp. Because we assumed we were safe. Right. We had toilets on the outside of the hall. We were just sort of thinking logistics, how can we help people? Um, what actually happened was um, Aladulla and Milton were, were totally cut off by fires surrounding us. Uh, the roads blocked and the holiday people who were trying to escape from further down south actually got trapped here. So uh, Simon and I um, had, a, had a fair few discussions uh, and I said, open the back gates, let, let people in. Um, and we kind of had made that decision, but um, on the 31st of December, uh, Simon rang and said, uh, the school's actually on fire. So I was at home, I was listening to ABC radio and they said, oh, and we've heard that Stony Hill is on fire, which is the local name for our hill. Um, and that St Mary Star of the Sea church and school is burning. And um, as a principal, my heart sank. 
Um, Simon had reassured me that yes, the fire had come up through the paddocks and it had burned our tree line and it had burned our, you know, our, our slippery dip and our uh, wonderful jumping pillow had some big holes in it. But, and the fire had burnt right up around the church. Uh, but I knew things were okay. Simon um, was just keeping in really good contact with me. He said, look, the, the RFS couldn't come because uh, we are across the road from a petrol station, so that had to be their priority. But, you know, out of nowhere came these beautiful locals and they came up and um, we have a, a housing development at the bottom of our hill and uh, someone knew someone, they rang him, he came with his water cart. And, you know, they, this group of wonderful people came and helped us out and, and, you know, really saved our school. None of our buildings were burnt, our gardens were burnt, the churches burnt all around. Um, looking back on those pictures now, I just, I'm astounded um, because it changed so quickly when the rain came. Uh, so after that, uh, you know, Simon, I just said to Simon, do what we need to do. Um, the roads were blocked. The caravan is like Corks Lane was just like the latest caravan park. Um, we opened the oval. Uh, Simon opened the toilets. We found we had no running water because the power was out in town. And because we're on a hill, we rely on electricity to pump up the hill. You learn lots about your school when it's caught up. <laughs> uh, and... So Simon was just bucketing toilets and, you know, and I said, open the canteen. So then the St Mary's Star of the Sea roadside cafe opened uh, and it really was like the loaves and the fishes. Uh, Simon started with, I'm sure, what every school has, the PNF sausage supply in the freezer. Um, the power went out, so we just started cooking sausages uh, and our beautiful uh, PNF, you know, just local people came and they just fed everyone in their cars, um, you know, tea, coffee. We just thought if you can, if you can get a cup of tea, a lot of the, the issues of the world can be, can be solved. Uh, so true. So I said to Simon, you don't feel like doing this, but take photos for me. Just, you know, record this. Uh, so I became our PR agent up in Nara, and I was just, I wanted to reassure our community and our children that our school hadn't burned because I'd heard it on the ABC radio. Uh, I just wanted to start putting some good news out and reassuring everyone that we were on it um, and just putting some really good news stories out, like the people who came in to help, um, like our kids who were walking water bottles down the road, um, giving out ice blocks, giving sandwiches, making tea and coffee. And um, there's beautiful photos. And I, you know, I just look at them and this, this is lovely gathering of community and, um, we're a Josephite school and we'd actually been doing a lot of work on our charism with the beautiful Josephite sisters. And they talked a lot about providence and, um, you know, if, if you're doing the right thing, things will appear for you. And um, Simon and I looked at each other and went, mm, providence. <laughs> like, uh, sometimes you think, why, why do these things happen? But I believe they're all here, that they happen for us to learn a lesson. And um, so what Simon as a nuclear created up here with Father Michael uh, and the parishioners uh, was astounding and um, I felt so proud of them uh, so proud to be a part of the community and it's you know it's it's what Catholics should do it's what Christians should do it's just um, it's just being there for people and 
Um, people were so appreciative and we had such beautiful feedback. Um, our Facebook page just started absolutely going off with the photos and, um, and we just had contact uh, from everywhere. We had contact from, you know, Ireland. These packages from Ireland arrived. We had, you know, a big pallet of, of school backpacks from Darwin. Um, we had, you know, an organisation from Paris you know, contacting us. Don't you find, though, I found this in my old role as the community development person in social justice, that people want to help. People are really generous. They just don't know how to go about it. It was interesting because I came, like I spent uh, our little, when our kids were little, um, my second posting was to Condobolin and beautiful small community, same size school. One of my really good friends is the principal out there. And so it's just that small community thing. But as soon as Condo heard, they started collecting things at the pub for us. But we, like, realistically, we had three families that lost everything. Right. We didn't need stuff. They had to bring the Army Reserve in to clear stuff. Wow. At Milton Showground. So all of this stuff. So it was kind of like, oh, look, thanks so much. But we, we don't have anywhere to put this stuff. Like. Yeah. So in the end, my friend drove down with her truck and we had none of the Vince to pull the salvos. No one would take it because they were inundated down here. They ended up taking it to the salvos in Nara. Right. Because they were the only organisation. And it was, you know, toiletries. It was toilet paper. We were laughing later. All this toilet paper we could have held on to. <laughs> but people want to help. But it turned into, I almost needed a PA to deal with it. It, you know, and Tim Gilmore was so amazing. Peter Turner and Tim Gilmore, big shout out for them. They were on the phone um, to me on New Year's Eve. They were ringing Simon, they were ringing Julie and just being there for us. Um, it was my first year of principalship and um, I just felt all, all the time I had someone I could say, wow, oh, what do I do next? Um, I had a great team behind me and I had great leaders in front of me. So I was... I was fine. I felt good doing what we could do. Lindy, you mentioned that you said that things like this happen um, for people to learn lessons. So what lesson did you learn? Look, trust. Trust the people around you. Um, I, I'm new to the community. It's a, it's a small and tight community. Um, I've worked in small schools before. I love them because you know every person, you know every child. Um, I... All I needed to do was encourage uh, the people I work with and they knew what to do and they were doing it and to be transparent and supportive and encouraging. Um, and, and for those people, I knew they were going to do their job. I knew that they were going to lead with heart and lead with faith and, I don't know, be, be Catholics in action. I, I just trusted them. I learned to trust. I learned to trust for me, what is a new community? And um, they haven't let me down at any turn. So what measures have been put in place to ensure that something like this doesn't happen again? What have you had to sort of implement? Uh, we, we, we had a really good look at our bushfire plan yeah. um, and knowing how fire operates and the effect it has on our community, it's a much better plan now. Because we had this lovely plan that looked good on paper, but we understood how severe um, things like fires can impact our community. Uh, so we have a really good bushfire plan. Um, CEO have, have just been so supportive of us. 
Uh, we found that we had no water. We had no permanent water source up on the hill here because if a fire comes through, we, we quite quickly lose power. We're going to put a, a great big water tank at the back of our hall, um, which will be, you know, recycling water, which is exactly what we should be doing in this kind of climate. Um, but providing a permanent water source for the RFS should they need it. Um, we're not allowed to use it. <laughs> we're not allowed to get out there and fight fires. We've made that really clear. But just to know that we have a big, uh, a big water tank here for us, um, it's all we can do. Have a plan, um, reassure our parents of that plan and make sure that we've got water on site. Wow. I mentioned to you earlier, I grew up in a small country town of 800 people and I went to a Josephite school. Of oh, beautiful. So I've sort of grew up knowing how communities rally together in times of need and that, that beautiful connection that people have. So what impact has the bushfires and now COVID-19 had on your school community? Look, I think you can never underestimate the, um, the impact of trauma. It, the fire was so random. You know, we had two families lose their houses and they literally had one hour. Wow. And one of our mum's husband works away and um, she had a call from our PNF president and said, the fire's coming your way, get out. She said, oh, that's fine, we'll just bunker in. Put the air conditioning on, bunker in. She had two boys and um, it was only the neighbour said, get out, there's fire at the back of our houses. She couldn't see, they followed. He said, follow my headlights. And they just drove to the water. So many of our families lost so much income over the Christmas period. Uh, and a lot of our, our parents are in cafes and they run restaurants and um, they're cleaners for holiday accommodation. And their income was gone over the Christmas period. They were working towards Easter to get them through. And then it was kind of the knockout blow for so many of our families. Uh, but look, they're so resilient. Um, we, you know, one of our beautiful families who runs a restaurant said, oh, look, if we hadn't had those fires, we wouldn't know what to do now, but, but we're good now because we know you just, you just can do it and we will do it. And I take my half to those people. They're amazing. They just, they, they just keep going and, um, and providing a beautiful, secure environment for their children. Um, but we did, uh, with the staff, we did a lot of trauma work. Catholic Care came in um, in the last few days of 2019. So I was so pleased. And we just worked with Catholic Care um, to, to upskill our staff and to debrief them too because they, they were carrying the load of the community mm. and I worried about them. Um, and I think it, it just put us in good stead for what was actually coming, which was the worst of it. We've just gone through one big trauma after another. And one of the important, I think, parts of that is staying connected. How are you doing that? Look, after the fires, um, we actually, one of our beautiful parents said, you know, and, and people can say what they like about Facebook, but it kept us connected. Uh, it was such a, it's such a positive thing for us. And one of the parents said, oh, can we bring the kids up for a play at the school? And at that stage, the school was burnt and it was black. And because of the trauma our children had been through, the last thing in the world I wanted was for them to see that their beautiful, lovely green school was black and burnt because that turns us from being the safe place for children 
into something that's a potent, you know, just so devastating when when the world around them is black. Uh, so I just said, absolutely, let's connect, but we can't do it on the school grounds. So we ended up having play dates down at Mollymock Park. Like, who can't be happy near the water? There's the most beautiful park there. And we just put an invitation out to all of our families. Um, they brought food. The kids, it's a, it's a gated park, so the kids could just run. Um, and it was so important to listen to the stories of our families for our kids to reconnect because really the holidays had been quite isolating for them and traumatic. A lot of our families had been evacuated. A lot of them were in emergency accommodation, but just to come together as a community, uh, it was our instinct that told us to do that. It would be uh, healing for all of us. And also we wanted to hear the stories before our parents were coming into the school grounds. So mm -hmm. we understood where our families were at. And it was just great joy. Julie came up. So we were, you know, we had the team back together. Um, and it was just lovely to have that time with our families. Um, Bishop Brian came down uh, in that January, you know, with, with uh, Father Michael. And it was just, it was just lovely. Like we felt supported. Um, we acknowledged what had happened. And then we could begin to heal. Um, Father Michael also had this beautiful initiative with the parish, which was Rising from the Ashes, yes. which was enormous. It was, um, it was just such a great celebration. Uh, we had it on the side of the Ulladulla Civic Centre, which is where the, evac the evacuation centre was. But, the, but Michael rallied the other churches and we just all had this lovely day of celebration and just people, you know, in the beautiful sunshine down here, talking um you know we had a lot of people from the diocese come down peter hill came down um you know it was just it was just a lovely celebration i, I underestimated the power of that day uh we had our our kids you know was were, were selling hot dogs and things and it was just just lovely and everyone just in the sun enjoying the story um some of our, one of our Indigenous families was involved in uh, like an Indigenous um, dance at the beginning, which brought us all to tears. It was just, I don't know, it, it, was, a, it was a big part of the healing. And um, Michael did an amazing job with the parish and we were just pleased that, that we were part of that. It was, it was astounding. You mentioned earlier about Simon and how Simon just sort of stepped up to the plate and took over um, and about the community coming together. What other moments of grace have you witnessed during the recent events? Look, it's just people doing good things. Like, you know, even talking to the staff, um, you know, members of the SES, just um, staff members casually mentioning, oh, yeah, well, I took people in from the evacuation centre. Oh, yeah, we, 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 you know, we were giving cups of tea to cars stuck on the highway in front of our house. And I think the learning for our children um, in seeing their parents do those things is so powerful. Um, and we want, our, we want our St Mary's kids to be kind and intelligent people. And I think their parents showing them about giving to community and serving, serving others um, is so powerful. Our school motto is help one another. And, um, and Simon said so many people commented on that when they came and they saw what the school community was doing. And they said, oh, look at your motto there. And we're trying to do our vision and mission this year. And Simon said, oh, we just keep getting all these messages, you know, help one another. That's what we're doing. Providence. Um, another Mary McKillop, you know, 
motto is uh, we are but travellers here. And that's what we found, you know, that we're just here. We're by the side of the road. We wanted to help people. We've had a lot of people come back and visit to thank us. And that's really moving to see these little these little families with little kids come and say, you, you know, you guys saved us. Thank you so much. Um, and it's, it's just that, you know, it's about being truly human. Um, and, you know, if, if Jesus was telling us anything, it was about being truly human. And I think these incidents have given us a chance to be truly human, um, getting rid of a lot of the unnecessary things and being, being connected with each other. And it's, it's, it's been a privilege and an honour. Let's talk about the children. When I was in grade five, I got caught in the back of a camper van that caught on fire. My sister and I and my two brothers went out fishing with my dad's friend and we were trapped there and my brother rescued us. And um, anyway, the man who we went with had a jerry can of petrol that exploded all over him. So his quick action saved us, basically. But it sort of stayed with me and it sort of impacts your whole life, I think, something like that. Yeah. What impact have these events had on the children and how are they coping? Um, we've made, through, through our understanding of trauma, we know that we weren't, we, we let the stories of the children come out as they wanted to. We provided opportunities for them to talk rather than having it as a big topic of conversation. Um, we worked with families, um, you know, Catholic care came in. Uh, we had this beautiful plan to roll out um, Stormbirds and uh, little group work. And, of course, COVID-19 has knocked that plan out of the park. But um, it's interesting where children will share their stories and where they feel really comfortable. We've had our beautiful Catholic care counsellor working with our kids. But one of the, um, one of the unexpected things was we have a reading dog called Hudson. And Pauline is the most beautiful person. And Hudson comes every week and, and talks with the kids. So as a response to the fire, Pauline was actually caught in the fires herself. Um, and she's the most amazing lady. And she said, I think rather than, than putting all of our energy into the reading, uh, we started up walks with Hudson. So children could just walk and talk with Hudson and Pauline just in the grounds. And I think that was an enormous, um, it made an enormous difference to our children. Uh, because they'll, they'll talk with Hudson <laughs> and they and Pauline could just we could see the growth in them um, and Pauline was just a kind person talking about nothing and that's where we found that we could gauge how our children were healing teachers um, were really fantastic at knowing their children so well and monitoring where they were what help we could give um, and what level of of intervention that um, our children needed. Uh, and really, we were sort of on the way to doing that well when the whole COVID-19 thing started. But um, at the beginning of all of this, um, as a leadership team, we sat down and said, what is our priority now? Knowing what our community has been through and our staff have been through, what is our priority now? And we clearly said, it's about the well-being of our staff and our students to make them feel connected and belonging. We're looking forward to having our children back next week. Um, our parents have, are really excited. We've had really um, good support from our parents in terms of our remote learning uh, because the teachers have had to upskill so fast. And uh, look, they're just astounding. They, I'm just 
astounded by what they've done and the dedication they have shown to their, their students. It's astounding. So I read this morning some wonderful news that the school has placed first in that plan among all 48 schools on the South Coast. So congratulations on that incredible achievement. Thank you. With all the disruptions the school has faced this year, are you worried about what impact that this will have on the students' learning? Look, I think um, our students are learning regardless of where they are. Um, I, we have high expectations of our students in terms of their learning. Uh, our Julie, our assistant principal, has done an astounding job. She's set up interventions online. Julie's a, a planner. She's fantastic. And and she has our SSOs doing Zoom interventions uh, with our children who need extra support at home. Um, our teachers are doing guided groups. Really, it's just a condensed curriculum. Uh, and I have no doubt that as good teachers, when those students return, the teachers will see where they're at and pick it up and move on. Um, mental health and wellbeing is our priority. I have no concerns about our children's learning. They'll pick that up. They'll come back. They, they'll flourish. And the feedback we've had from the remote learning is that the children, we just said do some, you know, RE, English, maths, and something else every day. And the feedback we're getting from our, that our kids are learning at home and our parents are learning a lot more about their children as learners, which has been great. Uh, and I think it, it will only enhance the partnership we have with our parents and they've been so supportive. Well, that's so lovely. In a recent letter to staff, Peter Hill mentioned Dutch priest Henry Nguyen, who spoke of how the Holy Spirit transformed the disciples from a group huddled together in fear to a body of people who could stay in communion when they were as far away from each other as Rome is to Jerusalem. Peter then went on to say that when the Spirit of the God unites us in community, no distance of time or place can separate us, which is more relevant than ever. What has 2020 taught you about your staff and school community? Uh, we're, we're strong together. Um, we, we lead with our hearts. Um, I think Peter Hill's made reference to that, and I think that, that resonates with us. Um, lead with your heart uh, and... And that's what our staff does. Um, we're, we're responding to an ever-changing world. Um, if I hear the word unprecedented once more in relation to our school this year, I think I'll die. Um, we, we have. We've been through lots of things together. Um, but that has made us stronger. And I think um, one of the beautiful things about working in a Catholic school is you can unashamedly... Uh, respond with love to our families, to each other. Um, and I'm new to this community. I've been here only 12 months and Julie the same, but we are not treated like outsiders. We have been welcomed um, and we've just been brought in by that beautiful hug of the local community. Uh, and we feel like we've been here forever. And I think that sense of welcoming um, and hope We've never, you know, the staff have never lost hope. And they could have, they could have at so many moments, they could have said, no, it's too much for us. But no one did. Uh, and they just pulled together and did what, you know, went above and beyond to do whatever they could. And 
to me, that's, you know, that's, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing for us. And um, we certainly had the fire uh, and it pulled us together and made us, made us stronger and hopeful. Resurrection people, that's, that's who we are. You know, Lindy, it's so lovely to hear such positive things come from you, like in amongst such tragedy and such diversity. We're only a quarter of the way through 2020. And as we've discussed, St Mary's have been through so much as a community. As a principal of a Catholic school and a leader in that community, where have you drawn your strength and comfort from? Look, from the community. Like, you know, it's really, it, it's, I have a team of people that I can, I can drive up. I drive from Nara each day. I come down, I watch the new growth in the trees. I drive up our lane and honestly, the world washes away from you. You take a lovely deep breath, you look over that escarpment and think, wow, this is a magic place. And you walk into a, a, a school where everyone's really happy to see you um, and we have, we, we have a lot of humour. <laughs> we laugh a lot. Um, and look, and then our beautiful children come through the gate and there's a certain sense of peace in this place, it's being surrounded by nature. Um, it's, we have a strong Christian meditation practice throughout the school and it's something we weave into our day. And um, I really enjoy silence. I like um, just the time to reflect. Uh, and I think we're in a, we're in a good community and um, I'm lucky enough to have a really supportive family um, who just, you know, they're there for me and I feel blessed. Um, and I think it gives you an opportunity to say, how lucky am I? Uh, and that's how we feel. And I, and I hope that our staff feels the same way because um, I can only see us getting better. You're relatively new to the role of a principal. So what impact has your faith had on the big decisions that you've had to make so far? You can lead with heart. You put the people first uh, and everything else follows from that. Um, I've worked, I've, I've, I was an assistant principal for a long time. I've worked with some magnificent principals. Um, I still refer to those great people who give me really good advice and I feel really happy to work in an organisation and, um, and a faith community. It, it gives us um, our purpose um, we can we can put Jesus at the centre of everything we do. And to me, uh, you know, Jesus is about being human and it's about the dignity of everyone. And I think um, we strive to do that here. And I think it, it doesn't matter who you are, if you walk in our front doors, you're welcome. Um, and, and find the good in everyone. I think it, it, no one can be everything, but every single person in our community has something to contribute. Tell me this, what's the best part of working in the Catholic education system? Great people. <laughs> great people in my team, great people at CEO, great families, families who have made a choice for whatever reason to send their children to a Catholic school. Um, I worked in NARA for a long time. I'm a NARA girl. I just loved, loved the community, knew the history. Milton has that rich, beautiful history and, um, 
and we know we're doing good work and we know we're making a difference and um and we can do that in the name of jesus and we can do that with a with faith um i i just love working with people who can say yeah we really we're really in this club we're in this catholic church club and we really are here to support each other without um it's it's for the other and for the common good and every decision i make here is is really for the common good if i can make the best decision it's not going to be perfect but as peter hill says it's good it's good for everyone and it's in the best interest of as many people as as we can and just to make a difference in the lives of beautiful children um, and families. Well, do you have any advice or final words you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, don't take anything for granted. Yeah. We've seen so, so much in our world lately uh, where complacency is a, a really destructive force. Uh, enjoy every day, you know, just embrace whatever joys you have in your life and, and celebrate. Um, find the value in the people around you. Uh, remember to tell them what a good job they're doing because that's all most people need. Um, and it really, it's, it's just about having great relationships and, you know, appreciate your family, appreciate the people you work with and, um, and, and the great honour it is to be working in our beautiful schools. Well, Lindy, thank you so much for coming on here today and sharing your story with me. I'm so glad to hear that things are going well down there because you really have been on my mind. Um, I want to wish you and the whole of the Milton community the best moving forward, and I hope that you're all safe and happy. Thanks, Josie. Thanks, Lindy. Talk to you soon. Bye. podcast was produced by Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. Music provided by bensound.com. I'm Josie Cooks and thanks for listening in. Join us next time as we talk to other members of our Catholic school community about finding hope in the midst of our new normal.